This is Kona Bible Church. Thanks for listening. We pray that you will experience God's blessing as you consider Pastor Brian's latest message from his series, Embrace Submission with Wisdom, from the book of 2 Corinthians. This is your first Sunday here. I'm, I'm going to apologize. I, in, I've been preaching for 12 years now at Kona Bible Church, and I don't preach on money too often. I do preach on it when it shows up in Scripture. So if it's your first Sunday here, you accidentally ran into the passage that talks about money. So I'm going to preach on money. So, you know, grin and bear it. Uh, and no, but actually, uh, I, I hope that you hear, that ultimately, it's gospel, right? And even when we talk about money, it's meant as good news to overcome corruption in your life. And when you think about uh, money and corruption, well, that's an easy link to see and to make. So here we are coming back and, and looking at some things, and the good news will encourage us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to overcome some of that corruption that so easily entangles us when it comes to, to money. Uh, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and even though there are four more chapters after this, we're done after this. I might take one little sidetrack next week. And then review day in two weeks for 2 Corinthians. Uh, so make sure you get, uh, get excited for that because that's really fun. It's, a, it's a, when I test you to see how well you have listened. Uh, you get a chance to kind of show me uh, how well you're overcoming corruption. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. For it is not necessary for me to write to you about this service to the saints because I know your eagerness to help. I keep boasting to the Macedonians about this eagerness of yours that Achaia has been ready to give since last year, and your zeal to participate has stirred up most of them. But I am sending these brothers so that our boasting about you may not be empty in this case, so that you may be ready, just as I kept telling them. For if any of the Macedonians should come with me and find that you are not ready to give, we would be humiliated, not to mention you, by this confidence we had in you. Therefore, I thought it necessary to urge these brothers to go to you in advance and to arrange ahead of time the generous contribution you had promised. So this may be ready as a generous gift and not as something you feel forced to do. My point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give just as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Just as it is written, he is scattered widely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now God who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow. You will be enriched in every way, so that you may be generous on every occasion, which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. Because the service of this ministry is not only providing for the needs of the saints, but is overflowing with many thanks to God. Through the evidence of this service, they will glorify God because of your obedience to your confession in the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your sharing with them and with everyone. And in their prayers on your behalf, they long for you because of the extraordinary grace God has shown to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
All right. Well, here we are in 2 Corinthians. We've been going through this. It's kind of this whole uh, idea that uh, we've been going through Paul's letters. He's, he's inviting us to mature in our faith. And one of the ways that we can kind of, uh, you know, experience that maturity is by embracing submission with wisdom. I mean, I, can't, I, I will not stop stressing with wisdom. Uh, basically, Paul is giving us a license to consider our partners in the faith. Our spiritual authorities is what it started out as. But then we recognized, oh, wait a minute, we're all authorities to one another. Uh, we are to submit to one another. And so the reality is that we need to learn to submit to our spiritual partners. That's really what we are in this. One of the reasons I announced to you some of the things, that, the ways that the church is giving is so that you would feel as if you are a part of what is happening. Uh, we give to a number of different ministries here in Kona, and we want you to feel as if you are a part of that. It's not just a handful of people making those decisions. No, we're doing this together. Our generosity toward one another is spilling over even uh, in, in ways we didn't anticipate at the beginning of the year. And so we have this, this license from Paul to really consider who do I want to partner with uh, when it comes to some of the things that we are talking about, and we want to do that uh, with wisdom. Well, in this particular, we, we looked at a number of things last week that we're going to review in two weeks. We're going to have a whole list of things for you to examine We'll be, able to, we'll be able to give you a sheet, really, that you'll be able to kind of look at and kind of evaluate your partners, right? The partners that you're with and go, are these people? You, you'll actually be able to look at the pastor and go, does the pastor line up to these things? Because I want to line up with a pastor that is doing these things. Do the elders, uh, does the leadership of this church do the denominations? Well, we're not part of one, but those types of connections, and then ultimately with one another. Uh, are, are these the folks that we want to be in it to win it with when it comes to the kingdom of God? Uh, we've seen a number of those things. You can either go back and listen to the podcast, or you can come in two weeks when we do review day, and you'll have a little bit more of that. Today, we're going to ask a few more questions. Uh, and so we're using the term we because the reality is we have to look in the mirror, not just outward at other people. We have to kind of go, wait a minute, if I expect this of other people, it should also be reflective of me as well, right? That's the whole principle that Jesus says, don't be trying to pull the log out of somebody else's eye uh, when you have, or a speck out of somebody else's eye when you have a log in your own eye, right? So we're identifying and looking at ourselves as we ask these questions. So when it comes to giving, are we eager? Are you eager to give? Now, the flip side of that is, or are you compelled? And in this passage, Paul says the exact thing. He says, we want you to be, look, first of all, he's looking at a group of people who were eager. They already kind of promised to be able to say, hey, we're going to contribute to this, this, this fund that's going to help the Jewish people in Israel uh, because they're experiencing famine and drought, and we want to help them. Because we recognize that through this group of people came the patriarchs, came the promises, came the Messiah. Uh, and so we're experiencing life, eternal life, because of their, 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 this, this group of people. And now we can materially benefit them as we have spiritually benefited from them. Right? That's a, a principle in Scripture. If you spiritually benefit from someone, 
that person uh, has earned material benefit from you. Did you know that? Now, parents, if you have, I, I would suggest this, parents, if you have spiritually benefited your children, like there's going to come a day, you know, maybe when you get a little older and you're going to have to say, hey, remember how I spiritually benefited you? It's time to pony up the dough. It's in the Bible. No. Now, the principle's true. How you play that out, you might want to be careful with. But are you eager? That's the question. When it comes to your money, are you eager to be generous? Well, and, and, and part of that is understanding that there is a connection to your money beyond the plate. Now, we don't really pass the plate anymore. In fact, a lot of our stuff is done digitally. But the reality is we have to put names and faces to and beyond the plate. That's what's going to make you eager. When you see people, like, like I remember when you saw the fires over in Lahaina, and when you get people up there telling their stories about what they have lost and all the hardships that they are going through, it makes a difference about how, how, how tightly you hold on to your money. All of a sudden, you see the faces and the names behind the tragedy. And you have an opportunity to be able to give directly to those things. It's one of the reasons why we don't just say, hey, we've got this budget and here's the number, let's meet it. Okay, everybody get out your phones and, and text. Well, we don't do that. Venmo, uh, you're giving. No, we try to put things in front of you. We've got the pregnancy center. And, and if you don't know anything about the pregnancy center, I, I might have to invite them in to tell you what they do. Uh, they meet needs of young women and men who have find themselves in surprise pregnancies, Right? Imagine a surprise pregnancy and the choices that you have, unfortunately, to some degree, in America. Uh, and and these, this group of people, because of the generosity of the faith community here in Kona, has the opportunity to, to take them and, and give them an ultrasound, to be able to show this young couple that there's actually a beating heart behind what's going on. And, and they have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel to them and talk to them about how there is a a God who's able to raise the dead back to life and is able to provide for all needs, even in situations that look hopeless. This is what the Pregnancy Center does. They help countless people in our community to do that. We also give to deeper still. Uh, abortion wounded, the flip side of that is some people make the choice to end pregnancies. And then as they live their lives, they recognize, oh, the choices. <laughs> How many people have made a choice that later on they were like, maybe that wasn't the best choice that I made. Okay, everybody, like, you're all liars. Everybody should be raising their hands. We all make those choices, right? It may not be that choice, but we all make those choices where we look back and we go, oh, that wasn't the path that led to life. No, that was a path that led to loneliness and bitterness and anger and jealousy. If I had to do it all over again, I think, I would, I think I'd make a different choice. Right? And here's a, a ministry that goes in and attends to, to these men and women, women and men. Okay, Because oftentimes it's men who are silent who provide the opportunity for women to go, oh, I guess I'm in this all by myself. And if that's the case, then I guess I'll have an abortion. Right? And they have the opportunity to come in and heal hearts, wounded hearts. 
These are men and women. If you want to hear some of the stories, we have a newsletter that goes out. We're going to put it in the Kona Connection that tells the story, the good news of people who are finding healing from the choices that they have made. And it's really what Eddie talked about. Like, we all have hurts, hang-ups. There's no, like, special designation like, oh, that's the really bad sin. No, we're all sinners saved by grace, right? And we have to be able to kind of come together and experience the healing of, of the blood of Jesus, that, that, that he provides the grace that he gives. And, and this church has, has chosen to invest in ministries that are doing that. We've got Dee Dee down in Texas. I mean, how many people have benefited from Dee Dee's testimonies, Bible studies? I mean, some of you may not know her because she's been gone now for a year or two, but she's in seminary getting even more training. You know what that means? She's going to be able to bring more life in her engagements with people. Uh, and we are fully behind that, uh, to be able to recognize this woman who's been uh, kind of divinely chosen. Even at a, at a later age in life, she's just bringing so much life to the people who are around her and involved with her, and will continue to support her. Uh, we look for all different types of, of ways that we can contribute to life perpetuating here in Kona and even beyond. Are you eager to give to those types of things? Are you eager to see life go? I mean, I hope, I mean, I hope my, my excitement up here today is spilling over to you because that's the key, right? Is beyond the plate, there's faces and names that are being impacted by your generosity. Now think for a, a second. Right now, uh, you are the, the anonymous faces and names that somebody gave to a plate uh, uh, years ago and said, yeah, I think there should be a church built here at the bottom of Laco Street. I don't know the names and I don't know the faces of the people that are going to one day enjoy the air conditioning. <laughs> enjoy the padded pews. Praise the Lord for padded pews. Anybody ever sit in just a wooden pew? Amen. Enjoy the padded pews. Enjoy the OG. I know the OG sits out there and they enjoy the view. All the different ways you are the anonymous faces and names that somebody gave to because they were eager to see life come to you. They were eager about that. They were eager about all the snowbirds that would come from Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, the Pacific Northwest to get a couple of weeks or a couple of months respite from the harsh winters and come over here and be able to experience the beauty of God's creation here in Hawaii. You're part of, of that. Now, what they're asking then is for you to be able to see that connection, right? That you are the benefit of somebody else's giving and be able to look forward and be able to go, oh, how might some anonymous faces and names that I don't know be able to enjoy the, the byproduct of my giving? You see, when we talk about developing these two acres, we're not talking about just, hey, give to this land because we, we're talking about faces and names of people. I don't know if they're children. We don't know what we're going to do with the land, but we're not going to let it sit fallow. That's the one thing we're not going to do because we have been called. We have been divinely chosen to do what? Bring order, purpose, and life to the land, right? So that not just for the land's sake, 
so that the anonymous faces and names that we don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're old folks and we, we do a little retirement community there. Maybe, maybe it's a, a nursery of some sort that we, we get kids involved in some kind of, uh, you know, schooling. I, I don't know, maybe it's a multi-purpose facility that the other churches can use and there's a, there's a gym where, well, I used to be able to dominate in basketball, but not these days anymore. You see, there's all different, maybe it's just a, a community garden where, where the people in this neighborhood could come down and they could be able to have, grow their own food. You know, there is a coming crisis, folks, right? Inflation is just the first step of the coming crisis that we're going to face, and we are going to have the need to be able to be a little bit more self-supportive. Uh, you, you'll see how quickly living on an island, those connections to the mainland, have you ever been to Costco when they haven't gotten their shipment in? When they don't have their vegetables and you go through that entire, you, you go into that cool air condition because you just want to cool off. I know you do, right? You just camp in there and you're like, this is fantastic. It was too cold the other day when I went in. I had to get out. But I went in about, a, uh, in, within the last month and it was empty. They had like, I don't know, what, people don't eat peas. I think they had peas, right? That's all they had. And I was like, where are the carrots? Where's the celery? Where's my broccoli? Where are my grapes? And, Boat didn't make it on time, right? So what if we had a community garden that was here? You see, the, the ideas are, are endless, but there are anonymous faces and names that are going to benefit because of the generosity that we have, the foresight that we have to be able to go, all it takes is the cattle on a thousand hills, and our God is able to provide the cattle on a thousand hills. And it comes through nickels and dimes, folks. It doesn't just come in $10,000 checks, although we've received a couple of those, right? But it also comes through nickels and dimes because God takes what you give and he multiplies it. It's what he does. He's beautiful in that regard. And so we don't honor just the big checks. We honor the little stuff as well. The, little, the kid who's coming up with his allowance and just putting a little bit in the offering bowl might be more significant than a huge check from a huge donor. Right? This is the way of the kingdom. So are we affected by the generosity of others? Let me tell you, uh, that, that's what's happening here, right? Paul is giving me license to take other people's generosity and to parade it before you so that you might catch the bug. All right, you ready? Uh, in the last couple of years, we get winter visitors all the time. People that come for just a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and they asked me, they said, Pastor, what's going on here at the church? How are things going? And I said, well, do you have time? I'll walk you out, I'll walk you out over to the land. And so I taught, walked them over to the land, a handful of people. And the one day I got back and he got into his truck and wrote a $10,000 check. I have, no, I have no vision to offer him other than, uh, we're called to develop the land. Uh, do you want to participate in that or not? And he's like, yes, we're in, he and his wife. Uh, contacted him again the next year as this started to get a little bit, and he said, oh, we're in again. I, I give that good news to somebody else, and I say, hey, I'm just, this is fantastic. I just want to let you know good news. And they're like, oh, my wife and I are in. Here's $7,500 to develop the land. You see what's happening? You have people that are not even living here, not even living here, who are catching the vision of a vision that we don't really, can't even describe other than there's going to be anonymous faces and names that are going to benefit from their generosity. Do you want to be a part of it? 
Do you want to be, in your eagerness, do you want to be a part of bringing life to anonymous people and faces? Because they're going to experience, I don't know, this thing called life. That's what they're going to experience. As we develop the land, it's, it's inevitable that that's what happens. It's what we are called to do as we have been designed in the image of God. He sent us into the chaos to bring order, purpose, and life. Now, Brad has gone into that chaos, and he has helped bring some order and purpose by spraying Roundup, and Roundup is not free, right? So there's all different ways, right? There's nickels and dimes. There's all different ways to contribute to going into that chaos and having it affect. And I, I bring up those checks not to somehow be like, oh, look at these wonderful people. No, to spill over, and this is what we talk about in the next thing. There it is. That there's this, I'll go to the final one. Do we have freedom to give accordingly? And that's not even what I want. Watch this right here. We're skipping that to producing through us thanksgiving to the Lord. That's why I'm telling you about this, right? In order to you, for you to recognize, oh man, there's people that don't even live here that are giving to this, this whole thing. I am thankful for those people. Thank the Lord that there are people who are invested in what's happening here in Kona. I mean, in, in many respects, Honoré was saying that exact same thing. Uh, that's what YWAM has done. You've been able to see over 30 years this campus explode in, yes, in construction and offerings in this material world-ish, but the impact in the spiritual world, far greater. They, they've take, God has taken a handful of, uh, you know, it's, it's big numbers at the end of the day, but it's small in comparison to the spiritual impact that YWAM has made, transforming the lives of, of young people who are coming to do missions. It's transforming their lives, let alone the people who they're going to serve. It's an amazing story and testimony of what's happening, and it can happen again right here. It's happening already to a degree, right? You saw a group of people who gave to expand what you see here, and now we're thinking, hey, what about these other two acres? Could more life come? Well, it produces in us thanksgiving. That's one of the things that generosity does. And it's a testimony that, that you've understood the gospel because the gospel is about a generous father giving you capital L, capital I, capital F, capital E. Underlined, italicized, bold-faced, blown up to the biggest print possible, that's what he's done for you. And so when you see that gospel and you experience that gospel, then the, the reality is that you will know that you really get it when you begin to, to give back and go, this is just a portion of what you've given to me. That's our calling. That's our responsibility is to, to recognize that and go, oh, the gospel is about others, right? That's what it is. We receive life in order to give life. We receive material blessing in order that we are able to dispense material blessing. And the beautiful sacramental thing, hate to break it to you, but this is a sacrament, is that you will see the, the heaven collide with the earth when you give. It's sacrament. That's what it is. When you, when you see that, when you have that opportunity to give, you will see the kingdom unfold. And there's this beautiful 
recognition of the spiritual reality that is all around us that we are sometimes blind to on a day-to-day basis. And we have an opportunity to participate in that. So when we ask these questions of evaluating spiritual partners, when it comes to giving, uh, another question that you can ask is, are we aware of the sowing and reaping reality? Paul talks about this right in here. Now be careful, we don't believe in karma, okay? but we do believe in Proverbs. Okay? Difference between Proverbs and karma? Proverbs covers 90% of life. Karma suggests that it covers all of life. And it doesn't. Because there's this five-letter word that starts with G that is the trump card over karma. It's this thing called grace. And grace can come in and it can flood over and give over and abundant even when you do the wrong thing. I mean, isn't that all our personal stories? We were corrupted and then God came in and he said, I'm going to give you forgiveness anyway. I'm going to adopt you as children into the kingdom anyway. That's grace. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not principles that generally apply to life. And the principle that Paul's talking about is if you learn to be generous, guess what? You're going to actually reap some generosity in order to do what? To be more generous, right? It's that whole principle that the Lord's going to give you a little to test you with how you'll do with a lot. Right? And if you, if you do well with a little, he's more inclined to give you a lot because he knows that the a lot is actually moving beyond you and getting to people who are in desperate need. Now, oh, that's one principle for you to consider. And the second is this. Do we have the freedom to give accordingly? Look, folks, we are not squeezing blood out of a turnip. If you don't have it, don't give it. You've got that freedom. You don't have to be sitting in here and, and like somehow like having the weight of the law start to be put on you. If that's the case, please do not give. You have that freedom. The law is not what dictates our life. We want you to be able to walk out those doors and be able to experience freedom. But here's how freedom, one of the ways that freedom comes is freedom from being greedy. Okay? Freedom from money controlling everything about your life. Freedom from worrying about finances. And part of that is in the gospel of recognizing if, if I'm faithful with my little, God will be faithful with the rest. Do you know that's a spiritual principle that comes from the Old Testament? It's the very, very first thing that I preached in a preaching class was this idea of going that the Israelites were required to give to God from their first fruits now, you may not know in an agrarian society, I don't know if you know this or not, but all the fruit on a lime tree doesn't just magically ripen at the same time. Did you know that? Like, it actually comes in stages, which is weird. Uh, and that's the same with all, all different types of crops, right? And so God came down and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give to me from the very first things that ripen. Now, what does that involve? Do you see what's happening? It involves trusting God that the second and third harvests will come in. You see, God's inviting them to go into a trusting relationship with him, knowing that he's a God who's able to provide, raise the dead back to life 
Bringing in the second harvest and the third harvest is nothing to him. He can raise the dead. So you have an opportunity in your giving to be able to enter into this faith and trust relationship with God. Who God who intends for you to experience life. And you can show that and demonstrate that trust in your giving by going, you know what? I'm going to trust that in my old age, he's going to care for me. I'm going to trust that in my time of need, that maybe somebody else will be spurred to action to provide for me. That I'm going to trust that being in this community of faith, that it means something as long as, as, as I'm intended to think of others, that someday others will think of me as well. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, I, we're inviting you to be generous with this church in Jerusalem because they're in need now, and someday they'll give back to you because you'll be in need. Right? That's this trusting relationship with God. We've got a lot of things to consider when it comes to evaluating our spiritual partners. Do you want to be involved with partners like this? Generous people, eager to give, understanding their calling about why and when to give, seeing the anonymous names and faces beyond the plate. If you want to be involved with partners like that, I got one thing to say. Become one. Father, this is the challenge that we all face right here. We hear your word. It is proclaimed and is intended to bring us life. It is intended to bring us and draw us closer into a trusting relationship with you where we then can can testify about your goodness to others and others will be thankful because we have responded to the call. The increase of thanksgiving that is happening because of Kona Bible Church and the generosity is awesome to see. Father, will you continue to be faithful to us? In Jesus' name, amen.